Hey guys, welcome back to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because we have a special guest, Sierra. She is going to be sharing her journey, something big her and her husband decided to do, which brings up a lot of questions financially. And so I can't wait for y'all to hear her story. Hey, you're listening to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast, where you'll learn ways to manage your finances in your personal or business life to set you on the path to debt-free and on to financial freedom. I'm Megan, your debt-free finance coach, former high school math teacher, now a debt-free entrepreneur. In 2021, I paid off $53,000 worth of debt in 12 months so that I could walk away from the classroom. Whether you're on the path to debt-free or looking for ways to manage your finances better, you're in the right place. Walking the path to financial freedom doesn't have to be lonely. We're in this together. Hello, Sierra. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because, and our listeners will hear a little bit about your story, but you and your family made such a big shift. And if you've heard my story and if you know my story, we did a similar thing two years ago. And I know how much thought process, how much thinking, how much crunching of the numbers it must take to do something like that and make such a big transition like that. And so I'm excited for my listeners to hear your story specifically and something that's a little non-traditional too. So I'm excited. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. All right. So I'm Sierra. I am a scaling coach for entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their business beyond just the, you know, standard five to 10 K months, really take the next level. And that's kind of how I approach my life as well. Right. Like you mentioned, like what we did was very non-traditional. I don't like to sit back and just wonder like what could happen if I took the leap, I like to, to go for it. And so that is something that I, I apply to my business, apply to my life. I'm also a mom of two. So I spend my days chasing a toddler and a little baby who is almost crawling around. So that is kind of the the rundown of me. Tell us how you got started in business and kind of where you're currently at right now in your business. Yeah. So I started my business when I was, let's see, my son was six months old. And so I have a degree in English education. I planned to go into teaching. That was like going to be the whole thing. And then my son was born a month after I graduated. And so I really had to sit down. I knew I was not going to be teaching the first year because I was like, I need to just breathe and be a mom. And after a couple months, I was like, okay, I can't, like, I can't go back to the classroom. I need to figure out a way to stay home with my boy and still provide for my family. And so I looked into copywriting and that's kind of where I got started was as a copywriter and burned out of that very quickly because I am an all or nothing type of person and was just putting everything I had into this business that without like seeing the results that I wanted. And so I quickly burned out and had to really reevaluate and say, okay, like if I'm going to do this, I need to figure out a way to make this sustainable. And that is kind of where I I built my own framework. I, I figured out what worked for me, how to better manage my time, how to work less, but still increase the amount of money that was coming into my business. 
And once I kind of figured that out for myself, I realized that I could be teaching other people this as well. And so kind of switched into coaching and that is where I'm at now. So I am growing this scaling business to help other entrepreneurs do exactly what I've been able to do. That's crazy. So you didn't even go into the classroom because you had your baby, right? (laughs) No. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it was, it was always the plan, but like it just, I mean, when you have a kid, you're just something shifts and you like think about things differently. Yeah. And it's hard to think about leaving your baby, especially just as a woman going through postpartum. That was something that I definitely underestimated was I was like, yeah, no, I'll be ready to do things at X amount of time. And I was not ready to do things at that time. So I couldn't imagine going back to the classroom. So that is, that is insane. And I love that you said that you weren't in, that you never even went to the classroom because that financially for your family plays a big factor and plays a big part. And so starting your business must've been a financial help doing copywriting and everything. Right. And so I'm curious of what big life financial decision when you and your husband sat down and talked made you and him want to do this specific big life change. And I don't even think we've touched on that yet. So kind of go ahead and tell us what you and your husband decided to do. Yeah. So a couple of months back, we decided that we were going to rent out our home and start and buy a travel trailer and live in it. And we, you know, hadn't quite figured out all of the the details yet, but we knew so that there were a couple different reasons why we decided to go this route. First of all, we lived about 30 minutes away from where my husband works. So he runs his own in an air conditioning business with his family. And so he was commuting every day. And so we knew that somehow we wanted to get closer to to where he works. So he wasn't having to commute to help me out as well. So I wasn't with these two kids by myself. And the thing that we ran into was obviously house prices are insane right now. Like it is so hard to find an affordable place. We did not want to go back to renting ourselves because we had already bought our our first home. And so we didn't want to go back into renting and still, you know, have to pull ourselves back up to being able to afford a house again. So we kind of had two options. We could either stay in our home, which we loved, or we could make a big move and downsize a ton into a, it's a like a 300 square foot travel trailer. And so we, we just decided to do that. It was literally within, we were driving, my husband's family lives about four hours away. So we were driving home from visiting them. We had talked this all out, planned it out on this like four hour drive. And within a week we had bought a travel trailer and started the process of figuring out how the heck we were going to start creating a rental. That's crazy. And that's really cool. I mean, sometimes you just have to do those crazy big ideas and you know what worst comes to worst. You try it out for a year. It's a season. Y'all don't like it. Okay, great. When the lease is up for your renters, you move back home. No big deal. Right. But it's so fun to, especially when we're still, we're still so young, right? We get to do things like this, things that wouldn't, we wouldn't normally do. I commend you for doing that with two kids because that seems like a lot. So good for you. But go ahead and tell my listeners, give us a little bit of background about you and your husband's financial situation. Are you in debt? Are you not in debt? And just for the record, mortgages, yes, I count those as debt, but I don't, I personally never care to pay mine off. um, And I don't assume you guys do either. So talk more about consumer debt, cars, credit cards, 
anything else that you may have. Yeah. So I, I will say going into my marriage, I was very much, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of budgeting. I'm a big fan of not having debt. I paid for my schooling through scholarships and out of my own pocket. Like I did not want to have any student loan debt. And so that was a big factor, I think, just overall helping us move forward without having that massive weight. As far as other debt, so we do have a car, we have medical debt because, you know, just had a baby and that is, that's always so much fun to try to pay off. (laughs) And then we have, we have credit cards, we use them regularly, but we only have about like two to 300 that is being paid off until we have, otherwise we just spend on the credit cards and pay it off every month. So we do pretty well as far as keeping our debt to a minimum. And that's something that's really important to me because I would rather be, you know, saving for, for other things rather than paying off things that, you know, like get, getting the debt out of the way. So that way we can save for the fun stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys have your normal mortgage. You're in the camper. I assume you had to take out a loan for, yes, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. a car payment and then your credit cards, you pay them or you spend money on them monthly and then you just pay off whatever you spent or keep like a very, very low balance, right? Yeah. So those are all wonderful things. So it sounds like y'all have normal consumer debt, right? Everybody generally has a car payment and if they own a home, they have a mortgage too. So all of that is completely normal. So I'm curious though, what led your family to the decision besides financially? I want to know financially what led your family to move into the camper and revenue wise, how is the rental house helping you guys financially? I assume it's helping you guys financially, which is probably part of the reason why you wanted to do it. But tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So besides the fact that we wanted to move closer to my husband's work, the other major decision was financial based because we have a lot of, a lot of big dreams, a lot of big goals that we want to do. We want to be able to travel. We want to be able to own additional rentals besides just the one that we have. And in the future, we'd also like to build our own house that we could, you know, live in forever. So a lot of different big, big things. Like these are not just like thousand dollar purchases. Like these are tens of thousands of of dollars purchases that we want to be able to make in the future. And we want to be able to do that smartly. We don't want to have to stress about like, for example, we want to take our kids to Disney World. We don't want to be putting that on credit cards. We want to be able to pay for that and not have and like be able to enjoy the time without worrying about the interest like piling up while we are there at Disney, right? So that was a big reason was the financial. We knew that if we were to stay in our house and continue, you know, with the same income that we had, we could save some money. We could put aside a couple hundred a month and that's incredible. Like that's, I, I think it's so important, even if you only have a couple, you know, hundred to be setting aside whenever you can. But if we wanted to reach those financial goals that we have on the timeline that we wanted, we needed to figure out a way to really increase our income and do it quickly. And so obviously, you know, it helps that I was working. It's not just my husband working, but how could we, you know, how could we increase this even more? How could we do more? And so currently we're able to rent out our house and it covers the mortgage, the HOA, the utilities for the house, as well as being able to live in the trailer. So it covers our trailer payment. It covers our utilities. It covers our internet, like everything that it would take for us to live here, it's covered. And so we're basically living rent-free, mortgage-free at this 
point. And so everything that we would be spending, you know, that is over like a thousand bucks that we'd be spending on our mortgage is now all going directly into our savings. That is really cool. That was going to be my question was how much does the profit on the rental home? And then how much is the loan on the trailer? But you guys are living completely free because you decided to rent out your house, which is amazing. And that's giving you guys so much more money back in your pocket month after month to save, put towards your car payment and whatnot. And so that is really cool. And I love that it's so non-traditional. I don't, I don't know of many people that would be willing to do something like this, or I haven't heard of another story of somebody doing something like this. But when you think about it financially, it's really smart. Somebody's paying your mortgage and somebody's paying for your other mortgage of the place that you live and you're living rent-free. And I know in today's world and in America, rent is so expensive and cost of living is so expensive. And I don't think we said this earlier, where exactly are you located roughly? Like I'm in the Dallas, Fort Worth area in Texas. What about you? Yeah. So I am in, I'm near Las Vegas in Nevada. So I'm in a very small town on the outskirts, not in the city, but kind of in that area. Okay. That's cool. My next question is, do you and your husband and your family, do y'all have plans to travel in the trailer? Like when you go somewhere, is that the goal is to drive it with us and we're going to park it and that's where we're going to stay. So then our vacations would be, that would offset some of our vacation costs too. Yeah. So I would love to do that. The only stipulation we have is this trailer was much bigger than we thought it was going to be like weight wise. And so we have to have a a truck that can actually pull it. So that is something definitely in down the line in the future. Once we are able to pay off the vehicle that we have and can then, you know, talk about purchasing a new vehicle, we'd like to get something that could then pull this around and we could take it out with us because I mean, the length of the time on this loan is like seven years or something like that. And so in that time, you know, we'll have plenty of time to get to a point where we can take it out and travel. And really, I mean, that's the other, the bonus too, is we're not paying for hotels. We're not paying for, you know, all of the, the extras we can pack this up and it's home and we could just take it with us. And even if y'all don't have a vehicle now, but you could rent a vehicle if you wanted to really, you know, take a summer trip where you go for two weeks or three weeks at a time. And that wouldn't be as bad as, you know, financially having to afford a big truck like you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool. So tell, kind of tell us where you see your family going financially in, in these next steps. Like what is on your financial dream board list besides vacation to Disney? <laughs> yeah. So first and foremost is, filling up our emergency fund. And that's something that it's kind of fluctuated over the years. I feel like that's kind of normal, like things happen and you got to pull something out. But that is our goal is to set aside, I think our goal right now is four months of savings for our emergency fund. And once that's done, and then we can do our Disney World trip, then like I said, we want to buy another rental property, which is going to be probably the biggest financial expense because there's so much that goes into I mean, that's a down payment on a house and, you know, fixing up the the place to refurnish it and make it, you know, good for a, we want to do a short-term rental instead of a long-term like we're doing now. So that is, those are kind of our next steps. And we're just kind of, you know, going to tick them off as we go and, and see where that leads us. I love that you brought up the emergency fund and the short-term rental. I want to make sure I talk about that too, but the emergency fund, because your situation is so unique, you now have this rental property, which you own. And you need an 
emergency fund, so to speak, for that. But then you also have a trailer that you need an emergency fund for. And then you have your your and your family's life and day-to-day, you know, expenses and monthly expenses. So how are y'all planning for that? Because you've kind of got three different buckets to think about. What does that look like for you? Yeah. So initially we have our, you know, our emergency for like the day-to-day. So we have, we want to save that four months of mostly my husband's income, because that is where pretty much all of our day-to-day expenses come from. Anything I make is now going solely to savings. So it's set aside for, you know, obviously in case life happens. We also, after that initial emergency savings is done, we want to save three months of rent from our rental. So in case, you know, a tenant doesn't pay their rent on time, or if there's a big, you know, issue once they move out that the security deposit doesn't fully cover, like we have that fixed or, you know, like if there's a flood or if there's, you know, like your HVAC needs to be changed out, like all those like little things that when you go into renting, you have to plan. It's not just, oh, like if it fixes on my house, I'll get around to it. Like you got to have it fixed and you have to bring in a professional to fix it where even though my husband is very handy, like he can't always just go over and be the handyman of our rental. So having that rental emergency savings as well, as far as the trailer goes, we want to have, because that payment is very small. However, trailers need a lot of maintenance. So that's something that you really got to think about going into it because they're not built like a house. They're built to, you know, be short-term weekend trips, week trips, whatever. And so we want to save probably about, I think our goal right now is another three months of that payment, which is a lot less than the the rental savings, but it would allow us to, should something go out or we need to fix the floors or something, we have that little nest egg there and it's not going to be pulling from our emergency overall. Yeah, that's really good to think about. Um, I get a lot of questions about saving and how do I save for specific circumstances in my life and your situation is so unique. And so I love that my listeners get to hear about having to save an emergency fund for a house. And then y'all have an RV that you have to save for, and then just your own personal expenses that you have to think about. So that's really good. And I love that you guys have that plan in place because when you are dealing with renters, that yes, they sign a lease, but people are sometimes crappy and they don't always do what they say they're going to do. And at the end of the day, the liability falls on you guys. And so to have that layer of protection there financially is helpful. And I'm sure a a sigh of relief. The next thing I want to, you know, kind of close this with is the short-term rentals. That's something that I'm getting into as well as we speak. And so many things go into it. So we don't have to go into a deep dive or anything, but just kind of share what you will or share what you want on that topic real quick. Yeah. So I, to be honest, like we were very hesitant to look into short-term rentals, especially right now. Like I hear a lot of buzz about, you know, oh, is Airbnb going to crash or is this even like going to be something that is, is profitable in the future? And I was actually following, so let me think of her name. I believe it's the Weber Co is her Instagram handle. And they bought a short-term rental a couple months back and completely redid it and like are now on this like journey to teach other people how to do that as well. And it really inspired me like this could actually be if you do it right, right? If you put in the time and the money and the effort into creating an experience, you're not just, you know, putting up your house and, 
oh, hopefully someone, you know, rents it out this weekend, then it can be really profitable. And so that's something, like I mentioned before, it's something that is going to take a lot more income up front because unlike a mortgage where you can get away with, I think the lowest rate is like 3.5% down or something like that with a, a vacation property or an investment property you have to have, I believe the lowest is 10% down. And that could go up depending on where it's located and whatnot. And so first of all, like 10% of a $350,000 house, that's a lot more than three and a half percent. And then you also have to think of, well, how am I going to furnish it? Because if it's a short-term rental, then you have to consider, you know, you have to include furniture, you have to include decorations, you have to include, you know, the the TVs, the subscriptions, the whatever you have to add to really make it a homey exclusive experience to bring people in. And so with that in mind, initially it's a massive investment. However, like I said, done right, it could provide profits, you know, on and on and on. And that's, I think that's really the goal with having rental properties in general is we would love to just continue to grow our portfolio of rental properties and allow that to to kind of provide us a retirement essentially, because that's not something that we get anymore with, you know, being unsure of if social security will cover or, you know, what that looks like, especially because my husband owns his own business and I own my own business. So we're not like getting those 401k benefits like we would if we were working for someone. And so that's very much something that we've thought about is, you know, it's, it's all about the small things that you can do now that will really bring you results in the future. And like that forward thinking of, if I do this now, you know, if I sacrifice and live in a trailer for five years, if that, we really have a goal to be out of here in like three years. But if we live in a trailer for five years, what could that do for us financially for the rest of our lives for the next 20, 30, 40 years? And when you think about it like that, it really, it it just makes sense. You know, like it's a small, a small loss for a massive gain. Yeah. You brought up so many good things that we could probably sit here and talk to each other about for hours. But one of the main things I want to touch on is you said that it, a lot of research and a lot of thought goes into it. And I think that goes with everything. You, when you decided not to go into the classroom, you weren't just willy-nilly, okay, yeah, no, I don't want to work. I want to just stay at home and be with my baby. No, you sat down and you thought, okay, financially, how can we do this? Can we afford to do this? How much money do I need to make with copywriting to then be able to you know, provide for us? Same with the trailer when y'all, yes, you said y'all did it in a weekend, but there was a lot, I'm sure there was a lot of pen and paper and crunching numbers and mathematically figuring out how that was going to work for your family. And the same goes with short-term rentals. It takes so much research. And as long as you do the proper research and you crunch the right numbers, then you and, and make smart investments and smart decisions, then you will see returns on those investments. And you said it perfectly. As business owners, we we don't have the the benefits that you do when you work for an employer. So we are the retirement. We are the savings. We are the insurance. We are everything. We have to take care of that and plan for that ourselves. So having things like short-term rentals or rentals in general and something that's residual income where we don't have to work for the rest of our life, but we can still earn an income is key and is wonderful. So what advice would you say for someone that wants to make a big financial move decision like the ones that you and your husband have done in the last couple of years? Yeah, I would say, first of all, don't put it off. Even if it's 
starting small, even if it's, oh, I have a hundred bucks left at the end of the month, like start doing what you can now while you figure out your next move. And then the next step would be get into your budget, get into your, your finances, get into your lifestyle. How can I save money? How can I make more money? And like really plan out a path because when you have a goal that you're going to work towards, when you have something that you want to reach for, whether it is simply, you know, I want to save an emergency fund or whether it's, I want to be able to buy a trailer and rent out my home and, you know, make a big, massive change. It's all about having something to reach towards and then taking those small, consistent steps to reach for it. I love that. And I think sometimes, I don't think people realize and understand that you can't always be focused on the end goal, that it takes so many baby steps to get to that end goal. And sometimes that's the part that's so overwhelming and scary for them in the beginning. And so just taking one step forward, one step forward, even if it's so small, it will add up and it will compile over time. And so I love that you said that. So tell the listeners where they can connect with you. Kind of just say again, what it is that you do and who you help and then where they can connect with you at. Yeah. So I, I'm a scaling coach. I help entrepreneurs who have you know, started to grow their business. They are reaching those consistent months, but now they're like, crap, I don't have time to, you know, to build this business. So I help them learn how to build a team, streamline their business and really automate. So that way they can be making a lot more money in less time. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is sierra.scocco and yeah, send me a message. And I'd love to chat with you about that or even about life in a trailer and how to make, you know, that, that big move. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, Sierra. I am so happy that we had you on the podcast today and I cannot wait for our listeners to hear this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Debt-Free CEO Podcast. Make sure you leave us a review and check us out on meganmendez.com. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at meganmendez underscore underscore. In the meantime, happy budgeting. See you next time.